Mount away. Mount still goes. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, Friday's Captain Run, episode 13. We've been at this for 13 weeks now, and we are getting better at it. So for everyone out there, welcome. Welcome to Friday's Captain Run, episode 13. Ben Satz is in the house. We're in Steve's house. Condos frozen at the top of the chairlift at some high altitude in Canada. Where are you, Steve? Welcome. Uh, Woody, Satsy, welcome. Um, good to be here. I am at, uh, I'm at Red Mountain, Roslyn, so about eight or nine hours inland from Vancouver uh, today. Absolute bluebird day, every other day, absolutely freezing. But it's a uh, great vibe, great town, um, plenty of snow, and um, family's having a great time, and condo's still in one piece. Mate, the video you sent through, you look like fucking Eddie the Eagle. The, the, the stocks were tucked under your arms, you were in the tuck position. You look like Zali Steggles from fucking <laughs> Nagano 2004 or whatever it was. Remember her? Yeah. Yeah, I- <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that hard, boys, but I mean, I'm still in one piece, so that's good. So, so quickly, mate, been, where are you off to after Red Mountain? Uh, we go back to Vancouver and we've got, I don't know, roughly a week at Whistler and then uh, and then the highlight, well, it'll, it'll definitely be Condos highlight back to New York in two weeks. Fire up, Steve-o. So let's get stuck into it. We obviously, all our listeners out there, we obviously miss Monday. Um, we're all a bit stuck in the mud. And uh, couldn't get to that, so we we just uh, we chucked out and previewed our WSL, uh, I guess preview for the year with Connor O'Leary. Um, hopefully everyone was into that. Um, it was good to hear from him, get his insights. What do you think, mate? I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Obviously, the coaching part that um, you know your insights, Woody, around that um, first part of the wave and how his approach is going to change this year. Um, Sounds fit. His boards are obviously changed with volume. Um, seems in a really good mind mind space, head space, um, good mindset. So, mate, I think he's he's on. He's looking good. Yeah. Um, what was your takeaways? Yeah, I was stoked. I was stoked to get him up here and let everyone sort of hear how he is. Um, I think what the the big thing I was thinking about when he, he's obviously left now. He's in Hawaii. He's been there for a couple of days, but just uh, he looked at stuff he really didn't do well. And and he went really hard at that, you know. And he lost he lost about I think five or six kilos. Not that he's unfit, but he got I guess leaner and mate more explosive. He's a strong guy. He's like had a few semi wrestles with him. It's like trying to wrestle a yak, you know, like a yak, like a <laughs> trying fucking, to wrestle Barnsley. like a like a buffalo, <laughs> fucking big boy. See, I, I you showed me some um, coaching stuff like the. The, the coach coaching app that you use. Yeah, and just coach like, now. Coach yep. now. Just the technicality and what you guys are looking at and increasing the way that he sort of like, you know, his turns and the approach and the spray. Mate, it was fascinating to hear the level of detail that you're going to at a coaching level. So, yeah, um, yeah so it, good, mate. I think it's just uh, what he's really good at and, and this is what anyone that does any sport or any sort of, I guess, 
high performance side of things is you've got to improve and update your stuff every year because you, especially if a judging panel is looking at you, those guys have seen you last year. They want to see something fresh. So he was, he was pretty, you know, pretty keen to make some stuff look a little bit different and yep. add maybe some stuff and he's, and he's worked his ass off for it. So Sick. hopefully it all comes together and he's ready to go. But Sick. I don't know, Steve, what did you think? Oh, I think, uh, I think that last sort of summary that you just, uh, expressed uh, really hits a nail on the head. We're, we're talking about elite athletes, and I think when you're talking surfing and the top, you know, well, what was it, top uh, top 30-ish, you got to be bloody good, and you got to be really, really good to stay there. So it's probably the hardest individual sport to get there, and I think it's even harder to stay there with this ridiculous cutoff that they have. So I think it's really refreshing to hear that he's changing things up and looking to tweak things, get fitter, get stronger, you know, slightly different approach. The only, probably the only question I didn't ask Connor that I'd be interested to hear what you said, Woody, is you obviously uh, coach him when he's, uh, when he's domestically back here in Oz. Is there a reason that he hasn't tapped into Andy King when he's at events and at Dog Marsh? Uh, I think purely just because he's, um, he's ju- he was already tied into Dog Marsh once Andy King had got the, Surfing Australia job and was able to travel to a lot of the events, but uh, he's he's had a, a, a pretty good back and forth with him while he's been home while I've been doing stuff with him up at the HPC. So I'm sure he'll utilise him. I'm sure they'll get, you know, they're going to have to as he works towards the Olympics and tries to qualify for the Oz team. So I'd say they'll I'll say they'll get maybe a bit more interactive around events for sure. All right, so we'll move on. So uh, takeaways, mate. Episode two of the ball bag. We got to know a little bit more about Steve. Not that not that we don't know, t- you know, not that he keeps secrets, but yeah. it was good to hear a bit of an insight of his journey through, you know, obviously the finance stuff, yeah. trading, um, and kind of why he did it, how he does it, what his approach is to, you know, doing all that stuff, and, and why he, he quit a really good spot in Hong Kong to come back. You know, I thought that was a, a really cool takeaway. He come back here to get his couple of feral little kids in the water. And, and, you know, that I think from my point of view, looking at that and looking at his two sons, how they are, you know. Yeah. He's given them a fucking amazing life because they both love the ocean. They both love Lennox. So Yeah, for sure. That was my biggest takeaway. Takeaway, yeah. What about you, Sats? Mate, look, as a parent, 100%. Like, I, I re- I, I've heard all these, a lot of his um, sort of, you know, trading stories and a lot of that stuff, which obviously is, you know, really exciting. Um Crazy world. I, I actually, after Condo's podcast, I went and watched um, on Netflix. There's a doco called, or a series called Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street. Was, is that, so that, that's one of the guys that Condo work with? Or? Yeah, Condo, <laughs> it's Condo's partner. He was like, he ran the biggest Ponzi scheme in the history of Wall Street. Like it's fucking, you're talking billions of dollars. Yeah. So anyway, not that I'm tying him to Condo, but um, the part that I liked, about his podcast was the stuff about parenting, his philosophies on making key decisions for your family. Yep. And like you said, Woody, like proof's in the pudding. He's made the right call. He's got two, um, you know, beautiful beautiful kids with with a great relationship with them both. So, you know, you've got to make those tough decisions th- sometimes for the betterment of your family. Yep. And uh, I think the, the other you one – You do if like, you want a good relationship with them. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You can't say at 15 – What's the value of, you know, having – Better years earning and fucking not oh, talking to your kids. or yeah. and you can't kid. say at 15, all right, I want to have a, a good relationship with my son now. You just can't fucking do it. Yeah. So you've got to spend that time early on. Yeah. Condo did that and, um, you know, that's that's uh, that rings true to me. Yeah. steve what did you take away, mate? It must have been, 
you know, you've be, you've done a million of these with me, Beric, and, and yourself. And we, me and Beric have done an episode. It must have been, I don't know, a, almost a nervous feeling for you, you know. But what? How did it feel, I guess, touching on your, I guess, a bit of your story, not all of it, but 40 minutes of your life? Uh, I, it was really enjoyable. So thanks for having me and asking <laughs> uh, asking the, the questions. But, no, it was enjoyable. I think um, – Maybe it's got to 10 downloads now, so there's maybe six or seven people apart from you guys who have listened, so that's good. But, um, no, it was good. And I think, uh, you know, I think uh, probably just in line with, um, you know, that first podcast, we, live podcast we did with Mark Matthews, I, I'm not real comfortable about talking about myself, and I know a lot of people aren't, but, you know, if I suppose just taking his approach, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, and if, if there's, I don't know, if there's one thing that people learn out of if they want to listen to condo talk crap well you know that's fantastic so um if it helps one person i think it's a bit similar to um you know just the uh emphasis that we've had on the podcast when we get really good guests on if um you know every everyone's got a story like everyone and everyone's got something to learn from everyone you know i've learned plenty from woody learned plenty from bb learned plenty from sats over the period of time of doing the podcast so if people continue to learn that's what it's all about so it's pretty cool, like you made the point about anyone does. I feel like that's why, for me, whenever we get someone to do a long form one or a ball bag one, that's the exciting thing. You could yeah. talk to fucking the guy over the street watering the plants, and you'd be like, "Oh, it's just some next door neighbor." But he might have the coolest thing, coolest story. You get a cool thing that you might bring into your life, or a, you know, whatever it is, some sort of yeah. something you live by. There's always something to take from everyone's sure. story. All right. Well, we'll go around the grounds. Let's get let's get into that. We'll we'll start with the um. I get. I think we might start with the surfing, the Dahui backdoor shootout. We'll just touch on that. That's obviously a, a really old school event. Um, it's a teams event where they a sponsored team, so they have four surfers from a a, a team. Could be Quicksilver, Volcom, whatever. They pay the upfront money, so they pay. I think it's about five grand a team member or maybe a little bit more, six grand. So they get about 25 grand per team. Yep. Roughly, this is how they do it. They put all the team's money. So there might be 10 teams. There's about 200 grand. And that goes into a kitty for the prize money. At the end. At the the end of the event. Yeah. So for the winners or however it works. And uh, So there's no winner this year, Woody? No, they cancelled the event. So that was where we're going to go to next. They had unbelievable conditions. So the first day was huge. Third reef pipe, really treacherous. Boys and girls were charging um, and relatively unscathed the first day, but the second day got a bit smaller, but it was really thick and on first reef. So that means there's a lot more water on it in every wave Mm. and it can mean that there's a lot less water on the reef. So they had a lot of – they had two really heavy injuries. One like went into a coma. That was Kalar Grace. He's a local North Shore. He's he's only young. I think he's only early 20s. Really good surfer out there. Charges hard. Um, I saw that, and was he went into, He was in a. He was in ICU over there. But he, I think he's he's slowly making a, a recovery. He had um, he had a wave on the head after his wipeout, so he must have had a pretty bad wipeout. The next waves come past. It's broken sort of directly on his head. He's whacked him into the reef, and I think he swallowed some water. Got some sand in water so in his lungs. They did CPR, hey? Yeah. On, on the beach? Yeah, got him Got him revived, got him in ICU and, uh, yeah, he's starting to make a little bit of a recovery, which is epic. But they they deemed it just after that, after the two – because they had to stop the comp to get, you know, obviously the water patrol and get them get them towards Kalar. 
I think they just decided after seeing two two close together, two heavy wipeouts, two heavy injuries, that they maybe it was going to play on, on everyone's mind, the surfers' mind. So they just cancelled it, I think, around lunchtime on the second day. Yeah, right. Unbelievable uh, surfing that, Arvo. There was still a lot of guys in the water. I think Kelly had a couple of really crazy rides. John had a few. So it's it'd be hard. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a scary place at the best of times. But if you see people in the event that you're surfing with or maybe that are part of your team yep. and they're getting shipped off in an ambulance or a chopper to get to well, ICU. Well, you look, mate, at some of those names that got injured, like Billy Kemper, Kalar Grace, yeah. I think McCool Rothman. Yeah. Fuck. Hurt himself badly he did his as well. ACL. ACL. Yep. So, like, if you're a Felipe or a you know a guy who's probably going into a, a comp uh, that he's about to go into with a bit of doubt and you know, kind of the the thought of fuck, am I going to have a crack here? To just see three, uh, you know, heavy locals mate, really that, injured. McCool Rothman, big wave world champion. Billy yeah. Kemper has won Jaws. He's a big. I'm pretty sure he's a big wave world champion. Yeah. Clark Grace is. One of the gnarliest goofy footers out pipe. Yep. And that just shows you they're just – when it's big like that, the commitment those yeah. guys have for, for riding the biggest, thickest, gnarliest waves. And it's because it's the Dahui backdoor shootout. It's generally the best local and maybe a few of the – All the underground guys. Yeah, all the underground guys that just put in their time out there. Well, Vaughnie, as you know, put in the chat the other day, um, the, um, the update of Slater was – the best out there. Like he was just doing the most craziest shit. Yeah. And uh, at 50 years old, so. 51. 50. <laughs> He's down in fucking Panama eating all sorts of jungle shit, isn't he? He's having bloody stem cell shit, putting every body part of his body. He's. Did you see it, Condo? Did you get any uh, chance to watch it over there? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, again, I just think you, you know, just touch on how elite these guys are and just how, that just a fear for, well, they just don't even care about their, you know, about looking after themselves, like how they just throw themselves off the edge. Like, it's crazy. I don't know. I saw something similar this morning. Um, we had 15 centimetres of snow uh, last night, and uh, Red Mountain is renowned for its steepness in areas, um, and a lot of, I think, um, I think, uh, I think DJ Eddie actually said in his podcast, um, this is where a lot of instructors come to um, challenge themselves and get themselves up to speed, but um, on parts of the mountain which are sort of uh, off sort of the normal but uh we we're going up one particular chairlift right at the top and you got like big dump of powder overnight and there were about five lunatics like dead set if this stretch under the chairlift wasn't straight down i mean as in vertical straight down i'm a pretty poor judge these guys were just doing stuff i've just never seen in my life and yeah, well. i'm thinking like and when you throw it back to sort of the uh the event at pipe the other day like I don't know. They these guys just they just don't have any care for for safety, which is pretty crazy. So I don't know. Are they going to get that sort of swell for pipe, Woody? Like when it starts? Uh, I haven't had a look, but the, I guess the thing that's uh, it's really critical for pipe and to have like quality waves and a lot of quality waves is is having the sand. So the beaches, they the sand will get pushed away and make it pretty small. So. Like there's no sand on the reef, the beach will get smaller. That's that's definitely happened after the last probably two weeks of swell. That means there's less, I guess, bounce or chop in the waves and uh, less sand at the end of the reef. So it doesn't pinch. It doesn't pinch or, or shut down. So I'd imagine the reef is probably, uh, you know, in good shape to have quality waves. And, and this time of year, there's generally a good west swell 
Westwell's kind of ideal for pipe. Mm. So fingers crossed. I'm sure there will be. It's, but they've had such a crazy winter in the Northern Hemisphere. Like uh, uh, California has been smashed. Obviously Canada where you are has had heaps of big storms, heaps of snowstorms. So they generally start up the top of Siberia, mm. come down across the top of Japan, come across to Hawaii and go across over to the top of Alaska and come down from Alaska, Canada, California. So you want those real west swells for for pipe and is it more norwest for backdoor, Woody? Yeah, you want oh, – it depends. You want like anywhere from 14 to 16 seconds is a really nice swell for, for – uh, or swell intervals. Yeah. Six to five to eight foot, 15, 16 seconds is probably really good. That's probably six or four to eight foot and just quality. Really good shape in every way. But it depends how much of a lunatic you are. That that would be ideal for me. <laughs> if you want second rate, like, you know, those obviously bigger, scarier days. But if it's a little bit smaller, a little bit lower period, that generally means um, and a, a touch of north. It doesn't touch have to north. have a heap of north. That'll make the rights really nice. Make it really peaky. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunity to go both ways and maybe get a good one. So we'll move on. Cricket. We'll touch on cricket. Um, obviously <laughs> another one of my favorite players, <laughs> not really, uh, Michael Clark. So uh, everyone's seen the video. Uh, he's had a bit of a blow up with, uh, his, I guess maybe his ex missus now. <laughs> it's, uh, a bit of a celebrity thing in the middle of the street in Noosa. I mean, what's your takeaway from that? He's having, I, I guess he's dating Carl Stefanovic's wife's sister. So they're, yeah. are they twins? Well, they're not twins. So I think he's dating, um, Jasmine's dating Carl yep. and uh, Michael's dating the sister or was dating the sister. Yeah. So for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, they were at Noosa at dinner. Um, on after the pier. On oh. the pierce and whatever else there. Uh, in a park where the video starts, he's shirtless, <laughs> limping around. This is Michael Clark. Um, he's basically denying that um, he's cheated on his missus and she's just adamant that he has. He's doing all sorts of things like saying, baby, I swear I didn't do it. I swear on my kid's life I didn't do it. Like a pretty fucking wild, wild shit. If he did do it, you know, he's, he's fucked. Well, so I think, mate, look, the way I see it is you think about the worst fight you've ever had with your missus and you just think, fuck, if someone filled that, yeah, filmed that, you'd be going, oh, fuck. You know, yeah. so he, you, you kind of don't, you know. But for me, the issue is I think he's got prior form and I think he seems – Troubled, Michael Clark. I just reckon he's going down the same yeah. path as a Slater. You know, heaps of relationships. Have a look at the state of him. He's slicked back, you know, bleached hair and his Botox face. I just reckon he's having a shocker. <laughs> yeah, I, I might, like, obviously you, no one wants to see their worst fight on the piss with their missus. They no. do not want to – they don't want to see that filmed. Never. If you're the ex-Australian captain, you're obviously hanging out with one of the most, you know – recognisable TV presenters in Australia, like a couple of... Well, two of the most high-profile celebrities we got. the hilarious thing is that they must have been so pissed. They weren't even aware of where the fuck they were. They're in the main street of Noosa. Yeah, it was like, like they were oblivious like to anything that was happening. You could have easily happening. gone, we're going to fucking talk about this when we get in the car. We're going to talk yeah. about this when we get home. That's right. And they just must have been so pissed. They were like, nah, fuck this. I must I must have been laughed at the end when he's like, don't you fucking walk away, Carlos. Yeah, Carl's like, Michael, <laughs> settle down. Yeah. Come on, but, have you seen it? I have seen it. I reckon, I mean, apart from the fact that he's, he's probably a bit of a troubled human being uh, in retirement, I, I thought was, what was pretty funny is when he actually did his hemi 
Yeah. <laughs> like when he and he couldn't he couldn't keep moving, and then he, then a few expletives were directed towards Carl. My question which, uh, is, would he go? How how does that end, right? So they're obviously probably either staying together or they're up there on holidays. Yeah. Does he fucking just quickly run back to the Acom, get his bag, and get on a bus and leave? Oh, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what was the aftermath. Oh, it'd be a weird brekkie the next morning, <laughs> oh, you know, mate. especially if you go back down the main street for brekkie. But I reckon, I reckon you're right. To, I reckon you're right, Tati. He's obviously got, obviously a bunch of different issues, leading with probably himself. I guess you know he's probably got some, I don't know, maybe weird ways of viewing himself. Maybe he's not very confident. Maybe he just does that to feel good, whatever it may be. But you can see even before he left cricket especially when he was on that younger side of the captaincy or, you know, vice captain when he was under Ponning. He had so many different blow-ups with ex-players, ex-teammates. He released that book, remember? He threw a lot of blokes under the bus yeah, with that. Yeah, and it just, was, it's like he almost still wants – he's still desperate to be very famous. Desperate, mate. Exactly. I like, agree. The only thing that – the only part of me that goes, fuck, am I a bit wrong here with my assessment of him is I think Warney thought highly of him. He had a good relationship with Warney and obviously I, I – Class Warney is a great bloke. So I don't know. I don't know whether that was purely cricket related, but to me he seems troubled. And When, when I watched it with uh, my wife who's fr- from Western Sydney and so is Clark, she yeah. just goes, he's just a fucking Western – he's yeah. just a Westie. <laughs> That's just straight up Westie. He's walking around with no shirt going, fucking – I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, so good. Anyway, moving on. We'll go into the NRL. Let's get out of that cricket debacle and – Let's jump into the NRL debacle. It's getting pretty crazy over there. Condo, you run us through it, mate. You're all over this. What are you thinking? Yeah, well, we've sort of highlighted it uh, for the last, well, actually prior to Christmas, I think, that the CBA was all smoke and mirrors by the NRL and it hasn't been agreed to by uh, the Players Association. Um, and now as we get closer to the start of the comp, it's, it's really starting to hot up. I don't know if anyone noticed uh, on social media yesterday, but all the players are uni- uniformly sort of come out on Instagram and Facebook and whatever, you know, saying we all stand together and blah, blah, blah. You know, basically at the at the crux of it is that um, they just want it, – it's not so much the salary cap where they've had it – where it looks like it'll be a 25% increase to 12.1 mil. It's just the conditions that come with it. So they're looking for, you know, uh, a fund for past players, a past player program, uh, injury hardship fund, funding for medical support, Agreement, like a, a proper agreement on working conditions um, and employment conditions, and also the, the, the type of match fees that sit outside the salary cap, i.e., um, you know, uh, uh, all star, state of origin, Australia, etc. Um, the percentage of revenue seems to be sort of pretty much in line. So all these, all the stickling points seem to be around, you know, these those things that I've just described. So. I don't know. Volandis has got he's got he's got a bit of a gorilla in the room. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's got a lot of work to do the next six weeks before the comp potentially starts. And I think that they're so pissed off. You know, if you listen to Clint Newton, yeah, and uh, Christian Welsh, uh, Christian Welsh from Melbourne Storm spoke really well yesterday. He said, "Well, why shouldn't we be pissed off when we've been trying to sort this for twelve yeah. months and we can't?" And, we can't even get a seat at the table to sit down and have a chat, and we've been trying to do that for 12 months. So yeah. I don't think a boycott and round one not starting on time is out of the question. Oh, there you go. I was just going to ask you that, mate. Yeah, does um, does this situation affect the start of round one, which 
you know, you could possibly say has affected it already. You know, like I know there's players not um, going to pre-season sort of launch things. They're obviously um, gun-shy about that. Look, the way I see it, Kondo, is you've got Christian Welsh and Clint Newton who are pretty, like, educated guys. I think I think they're both Harvard-educated. Christian Welsh is like a fucking, like, really good negotiator. Really? So, yeah. So they're like coming a, up like against – Almost like a uh, – if you had people – like a like a siege, like a siege, yeah, like, yeah. A, like a full negotiation. I, I think he went to Harvard and specialised in the the art of negotiation. But he's obviously coming up against Peter Volandis, who, you know, he has a history of getting his own way. He's a, probably a bit of a bully. Um, and to your point, Condo, they're probably saying, "Well, um, we want X," and he's saying, "Well, sorry, boys, this is what you, you you get. You're getting. Take it or leave it." And obviously, these two pretty educated blokes are going back and saying, "No, well, we think." Um, we think we're entitled to, you know, A, B, C, D, E. So I think to your point, Condo, from my understanding, it's not necessarily the dollar value, i.e. the salary cap. It's all of these underneath add-ons that will benefit the entire squad. So uh, is it basically the higher guys having a crack for the lower guys? They're trying to get the, the lower side of the salary up? Yeah. Essentially, it's going to help the, the you know, the… the, the number the, 24 and number 25 correct. on the roster. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. And certain other conditions. So, look, I don't know. I, I just hope that they, um, you know, obviously come to agreement soon because March, you know, two or three, whenever the season starts, is fast approaching. Um, obviously, there's going to be an outcome because the employer, the NRL, are saying, okay, this is what you're getting. The, the employees, the players are saying, this is what we want. And obviously, they've got to meet in the middle. So, there'll be an outcome. Hopefully, it doesn't affect round one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a couple of other, um, just a couple of other things, boys. Quickly on the NRL. I don't know if you saw the. Um, um, oh, my son Winston's just lost a tooth. There you go, live on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, Winnie. Yeah, Windog. Toothless. Um, uh, did you boys see the rule changes? So essentially, there's no rule changes next this year, but there's a interpretation change. So I think um, from memory, they are that the um, head injury, the 18th man, can now be. Um, brought into the game for two concussions, two HIA, failed HIAs instead of three. The interpretation of grounding the ball, um, if it rotates in the hand and or wrist and or forearm and he's grounded without separation, it's a try. And the last one, which I think is really interesting, is the bunker can only now get involved without being, I suppose, called upon, if you like, uh, by the referee for an offence deemed as a level one, two, or three. Yep. So by that I mean kicker kicks a ball, um, he gets hit late. Yeah. Previously, the bunker could have come in and said he was hit late, it's just a penalty because it, you know, he gets up, plays on. Now they can't intervene unless it's a grade one, two, or three. Yeah. So it's a more serious injury. I think that's designed to – Keep the game going. Yeah, and also, mate, stop the laying down. Blokes kind of feigning yeah. the – the penalty. So, um, like, I think some of that – like, they're not massive changes, but obviously anything like that that makes the you game the better. Flow of, yeah, you want the flow of the game to kind of keep going, eh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, mate. And the other one, boys, just quickly, the uh, Stephen Crichton, big news, signed of the Bulldogs for 2024. Yeah. Um, I think they've got a roster that's improving. Canterbury Panthers. Canterbury Panthers. Well, Barnsley said it well. If they get a seven, they're, they're, they're a real red-hot uh, chance of making that – you know, top eight, top four. So, anyway, time will tell. All right. Well, let's move along. Let's get into the next thing, and that is the NFL. 
I'm excited, Steve-O. Let's get a little take on your uh, – did you watch the round this last weekend? Did you have a look at the first round? Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm in the, uh, in the right time zone, so I've watched a lot of NFL, and we've got, we've got four cracking lineups this week. The Jags, who got out of jail uh, by a point uh, versus the Chiefs. The Giants, New York Giants are still going up against the Eagles. The Bengals are first, the Bills. And I think the game of the weekend will be the Cowboys versus the 49ers. I love this story with the 49ers, the way uh, Purdy's this, uh, I don't know, what is his third, fourth string uh, quarterback has come in under Shanahan and he's just playing out of his ass. Like he's playing some really good NFL at uh, the quarterback for the 49ers. We know how strong they are defensively. And then you see, I don't know, Woody, how do you reckon you'd go if you had Tebow running at you for the 49ers? My God. Holy shit. Yeah, he's just, they, what they did, they, they've, I've, I've listened to a few podcasts over there after the, after the um, that last round, and and the, probably the biggest thing is how well they've recruited players. Like they've got Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers, who was yep. their first. He was sort of their main running back, and now he's pairing up Debo, and it's mate. They just bring in like a, almost a, both pro ballers. It, they don't have to throw it. They've got two of the best running backs um, in the league. Yeah. Really, it's like a one-two punch for them, and they got. <clears throat> They've got a lot of other good players over the last, let's say, four drafts that they haven't drafted as high as they could. Yep. They've drafted to fit the system and fit the way they way Kyle Shanahan coaches. Yep. And it took them a little while. Last year they were pretty good. And now, like the next couple of years, yep. they're all really young. Like Bosa in defense, he's one of the one of the backs, man. He would be horrifying if you're a quarterback. Oh. Horrifying, like Prescott for the Cowboys this weekend. He will be watching a lot of film on how the fuck he's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly because he's going to be getting leveled. It's like having Aaron Donald over the side. Well, Woody, you're the NFL expert here. My um, my question to you is: Can you give the listeners a? I want to, want you to give everyone a multi. So, yeah. All right. So Satsbet's going to um, open up a market. We got Jags versus Chiefs. Who's going to win that? So Chiefs. this is a multi. Everyone, you're going to multi everything into the eventual playoff winner as well into yep. the uh, Super Bowl winner. So we got Jags Chiefs. versus Chiefs. You got Chiefs. You going Chiefs? Yep. All right. Just head to head, just to win. Yep. Right. Giants versus uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. Eagles will win that. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus the Bills. Uh, I've got the Bills. Got the Bills. Yep. All right, and the Dallas Cowboys was the 49ers, which I think uh, will be a cracking game. I, I reckon the 49ers are going to get up here. Righto, okay. And I, then I, I, multi that, all of that this week into who's going to win it, I the think, whole thing. I think, going off, uh, I, I think going off form, it's hard to pick who will win, but I think it'll be Chiefs 49ers in the Super Bowl. That's who I feel like is going to probably get there. And, mate, going off form just from the first week of the finals, hard to tell. You're an injury away. From, but I, I would say the 49ers could beat anyone in the, any of those guys at the moment. Lee. Their defense is by far the best. There you go, Condo. I don't know how you beat them is the thing. Like, Mahomes would have to have a blinder. He doesn't have Tariq Hill. He'd have to have a blinder. Well, Condo, mate, you've heard it here first. Can you get everything out of the ball and all account and put that – Amount so, onto again, it's, it's Chiefs, multi. Chiefs in the Bills, in the Eagles, in the 49ers. It's paying, I reckon, somewhere around three bucks, maybe maybe four bucks. Chuck, chuck a 20 on that, see how you go. There's 80 bucks. Take your chick out for dinner. Take it a freeway for a bacon egg roll. <laughs> what do you reckon, Steve? You, you like that multi? 
Yeah, so I just had a look at Spain, $3.28. And I reckon whatever we win, we uh, send it to Michael Clark to take his ex <laughs> or mate. Yeah. <laughs> you can get him, and get him, get him some uh, physio for his hammy he did tripping over his... Over the chair, he's getting bashed on or whatever it was. All right, let's get into. Uh, I think the last one for us around the grounds, probably probably close to you guys more so than me. But rugby, they've uh, the Wallabies have changed coaches. Huge, huge thing this week. Obviously, Wisey, a close friend of ours, close friend of the ball and all. He um, he he sort of, I wouldn't say quit, but he just he, he threw in, he threw in the towel purely for family reasons. Yeah. Um, and you know. Obviously, some big news this week with yep. uh, Rennie getting sacked. Yep. Yeah. And and replaced by Eddie Jones. So what's what's your take first, Condo? You're you're obviously really close, I guess, with with Wisey in the form of you know you're by his side for all this stuff, and you know probably Rennie reasonably well. What's your take on this whole situation? Uh yeah. Look, I've spoken to Wisey pretty much every day since uh, just prior to the news and then after the news. But I think I think two things. I think number one, um, it's a plan that's been. 100% hatched by McClellan, the CEO. Nobody else knew what was going on. Um, I think, you know, obviously if Eddie Jones is available, you've definitely got to have a chat. How it was handled, yeah, I don't agree with. I think Dave Rennie was doing an excellent job in building um, into the into the World Cup. I mean, you know, you can just see by the the, uh, the spring tour, you know, we got beaten by a point by Ireland and France. Um, you, that doesn't happen unless you've got a really unified squad that's playing with spirit, and we're still nine months out from the World Cup. So, my take would be uh, was was pretty simple: is I don't think Eddie Jones was going to be anywhere in the next nine months. So you let Dave Runny run uh, Dave Rennie run out his uh, his contract, and you honour his contract, and then you and in in you know, and then the prelim of you know, once you get past that sort of World Cup, then you're talking to Eddie Jones if, if that's what you're looking for. I don't think there was any need right here, right now, to to uh, to change it up, turn it upside down. I mean, you know, that squad is really, uh, you know, you, you can just see all the all the statements coming out. Like Dave Rennie and the coaching staff were really highly regarded mm. by the playing by the playing group, and I think um, I don't know. I, I mean, Beric Beric would be uh, someone better to uh, comment on this than myself. But the one thing I would say for that Aussie squad now is those players have got no idea what is coming around the corner with Eddie Jones coming in nine well, months out from work. I've got two questions for you, steve Question one, do you think those guys will be, I don't know, as invested as they were with Dave Rennie? Do you think they can play as good or better under Eddie Jones? <clears throat> and my next question is, is Eddie Jones going to make that much of a difference into the World Cup and, and through the World Cup? Uh, I think the first part is... <coughs> I'm not sure Eddie is going to have that squad to perform better than Dave Rennie would have had them uh, prepared and ready to perform in nine months. But we are talking about probably arguably the best coach in the world. I just think the timing and how it was handled, it just could have been done better. Eddie, Eddie will have these guys performing in nine months. Absolutely. He will. Like there's no one in world rugby. um, You only have to talk to wise for about two seconds. um, And you know, he's got a, I don't know, 20 plus year relationship with Eddie. Like, no one works harder. No one's more committed to get the best out of out of his squad. Once he assembles what he wants, he'll get the best out of them. And I would think that we'll see a very exciting brand of rugby and the Aussies will perform well. Uh, you know, second party question, are they going to perform better than where Dave Rennie had a match? Oh, I, I don't think so. Mm. 
Mm. So I, I would have just waited till the World Cup rolled out, and then um, you know I would have said, you know, thank you to thank you to Dave. He's done an extremely good job, um, and uh, let's now chat to Eddie and see what we can do. Yeah. I, I don't just don't think there was any hurry. I kind of I totally agree with everything you said there, mate. I reckon um, I think the the sacking was swift, brutal. I think it was really poor, poorly timed. Um, I, I think if you look at the, you know, if they're purely basing this decision on the fact that they've got, they had poor poor results, one would say, from the spring tour, if you really drill into that for their two and two and three, two wins, three loss um, record over, overseas, three of those games were decided by one point. So you could have had the Wallabies come back from a 5-0 spring tour. Yeah. Do we even ha- are we even having this conversation then? We're probably not. The fact then that you've got Eddie Jones that was sacked, I think they just thought, look, you know, they've got a you know shiny new toy in Eddie. He's been recently sacked. He's become available, um, and they've brought him on board. Totally agree with with your point, Condo. I think that um, Dave Rennie was very very respected for everyone that you speak to. Um, you know what he did. I love what he did, even just off the field. You know that all that stuff where they sang the Aboriginal anthem. Uh, in the local, uh, sorry, the the Australian anthem in the local Aboriginal language. Um, I think they do that at the Brizzy Test, possibly even Sydney Test. Um, he's he's really big about culture. That's what I, I was love gonna, that stuff. Well, I don't know, I don't know rugby that well. I, I'm only looking at it from afar. It seemed like he was going to make a really good change of culture on the way that you represent the Wallabies and the way they play from like pretty chop yeah. changey sort of stuff over the last let's say 15 years. Yeah. Hundred percent. He was on his way. To me, and just watching Eddie Jones, where he's coach, where he was, was he Japan for a bit? He was England for a bit. Where was he before Japan? Was he South Africa or? Mate, he's been. He's he's obviously coached Reds. in the past. He's coached um, at Super Rugby level. Like he's 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 coaching. But has he changed co- culture after he's left those spots? You well, know that's what I mean. The argument. You know it's what I like mean. The Wayne Bennett. Theory. He does four years, goes to the World Cup. They don't do any good. He changes like. Yeah. But is the culture changing? Are, well, they, are two, they setting standards for the next exactly, next world mate? Cup? And two points on that: he signs a five-year deal. I guarantee you that they're going to get the shits with Eddie Jones well and truly before five years. I don't think this is going to play out nicely, amicably for five years. And the second thing I'd say is, mate, look at the injuries that Dave Rennie had. He was onto his third string, fourth string, five yeah. eight. Like you can't win at at a national level with. Yeah. The stock that he had. So, mate, I thought he was doing a great job. I, I read a really good quote the other day that Hamish McLennan, um, who's the ARU chairman, he's a former um, advertising executive, and someone wrote that he he knows the price of everything but the value of nothing. Yeah. And I thought that was a fucking That's really a good really quote. That's a really good quote. And I thought it's exactly what's happened here. He's, he's gone and thought we'll, we'll do the easy short, quick grab. It's just a short-term thing. Short-sided, eh? yeah. But and, I, f- I feel like – I don't know if you're gonna like. It's not a respectful way to. It does it damage. I don't know, Connor. What do you think? Does it damage? They were starting to get a bit of credibility. Rugby. They were starting to like the way they played. It, it wasn't such. You know, I don't know. I wasn't looking at them in such a bad light. It was like they was they were moving in the right direction. Yeah. What I do you think, Condo? I, I just think everything starts in the head office, and I think it's a great description of the fact that the head office is. I just think it's a bumbling mess, and it has been for some time. Um, and I, look, look, what's what's wrong with seeing a contract out? If 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 the head office thought that Dave Rennie and his coaching staff were good for this uh, this World Cup cycle for four years, well, why the fuck did they have to end it early? If if they didn't think that was the case, we'll sign him to a two year 
two-year agreement with a two-year option in in you know Australian rugby's favour. Like, why can't people see out contracts if if you want to walk into a room and you want to sit down and it's, you know and and both sides are ready to go. Um, you know, I just don't know. I, I just why do we have to, have to have long-term contracts for people to be paid out and see it end in tears after twelve months, two years, three years, four years? And Dave Rennie is a quality human being. He's a quality coach. Uh, he'll be better for the experience. He'll pop up somewhere. I think he might have signed with Kobe in uh, in Japan, but oh, I can see that guy coaching the All Blacks uh, successfully for a long period of time. He's a quality person, quality coach, and you know, a five year contract to Eddie. I just, you know, Eddie's Eddie's the coach you want to have, but you know, I don't know. I'm probably with that. <laughs> I'll be really interested to see five years is seen out by both parties. Yep, no, totally agree, Condos. Boys, get off the fence. Um, this week, we're going to do something a bit different because I'm sitting in Condo's chair, so I haven't spoken in third person as yet. Yep. But I'm going to just – I've dropped this on you blokes. This is completely off the cuff, so bear with me. Get off the fence is obviously where you blokes have got to answer the questions. Yep. So, Condo, you're first, all right? You ready for these, Condos? Okay. These, are, these are questions for you. Righto. Will the NRL season kick off on time with the current negotiations still occurring? Yes, because I think uh, NRL players won't have any money dropping into the account, so they'll come to some agreement if they don't start uh, first round. Are the Olympics a waste of money? Uh, no, I like the Olympic cycle. Yeah, I like both summer and winter Olympics. So I, I'd have to say, uh, yeah, no, I'd have to say, no, I like it. I, I just think they've got to fine-tune... Um, you know, not having uh, sports that are in there that aren't really sports. Winning is the most important thing when playing sports. Agree, disagree? Disagree. Should the NRL be doing more to protect players from concussions, head injuries? Yeah, look, I think they've got to take, they've got to continue to take pages out of the NFL uh, playbook on uh, on how to deal with it. 18th man is the start, but there's got to be more and more. You can already see that... Uh, you know, contact training and the, and the period that they can have contact is starting to infiltrate into uh, NRL training sessions. So, yeah, I think um, otherwise the sport, you know, not just NRL, you've got huge liability moving forward if they don't. If Messi signs the reported $430 million a year contract with Saudi club Al-Halal, is that, Condo, a case of sports washing money laundering? Oh, fuck. That's, of course it is. I mean, we've, we've, we've already seen it with, with Suki Bub go on there for 200 and if Messi goes and, you know, all the, all the usual bloody, you know, US bloody steppos carrying on about live golf, like it's all sports washing. So get with it. It's not just, it's not just in golf. It's, it's in life. It's Formula One. It's everything. If you could be any athlete in the world, Condo, who are you going to be? Oh, geez. Uh, you know who? I'll just stay in tune with my holiday because mm. I'm going to see him live in a couple of weeks. I'm going to say Paddy Mills. Paddy Mills. How good. What a le- I love Paddy Mills. He is a dead set he's legend. Indigenous. Oh. He's indigenous. I love what he stands for. All right. Yep. My final question, My the most important question. Do you genuinely think the Dragons can win a, a premiership in the next 10 years? <laughs> That's making me cry. Um, uh, yes. Oh, there you go. Okay, well done. Woody, you'll get, you'll get off the fence. Okay. Okay. Yours is a little bit different to condos. Fire it at me. I'm ready. Candice Falzon slash Candice Warner. Yep. Lara Bingle 
Pip Edwards. Yeah. You've got to kill one, root one, and marry one. (laughs) 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 Oh, this is... I reckon... Okay. (laughs) I think I'd... I'd maybe kill Lara Bingle. Why? Because I don't think she's... I I don't know. I'd maybe kill her. I don't know. Fuck, this is a good question that's going to spook a lot of people that are listening. I'd kill her. Especially... Especially Renee. Especially her, but luckily she's never listened to one. I think I'd... I'd kill Pip Edwards. I'd because I I don't know. I just don't know her well enough. I'd kill her. I'd root Lara Bingle. I'd marry Candace Warner. <laughs> oh, I love it. Is there any ra- reasons why? I feel like Candace Warner. All the shit they've been through. She's just ha- hung she's fat. She's rock solid. She's rock solid, man. She'll go into bat. So I don't mind that. That's a good thing. I don't know if Lara Bingle's very good for a conversation or backing you up and I don't know Pip Edwards at all so I'll just kill her oh, yeah, hopefully no one, none of them listen to this but hopefully they don't we might have to tag them in this that's just a, that was a fucking one out of the sky well, there you go we should start out doing that one to, <laughs> to some of the guests that we have yeah righto balls up Ball, yep is that uh, what, what do you got mate balls up of the week oh I'm still spooked by what you just said um <laughs> Uh, I balls up. I guess Clarky. Yeah. But it's. I don't know. It's just you know, you haven't. Has any other Australian cricket captain been in more off-field dramas than that, Peanut? Nah, it's a terrible look, mate. And yeah, you can't get much like, of a. I guess he was at a time. I don't know. He was under Ponting as vice captain for a few years. You'd think he would have got some good. Good attributes from him, you know, some good values and stuff, but it just doesn't seem like he did or he no. didn't care about him. As soon as he got into captaincy. Was he the bloke that walked in, they, they were off him? Some, one of the pre, like, you'll know this condo as well. He walked in, he wanted to leave early. Yeah, Caddish, Simon Caddish. That, that's right, and Caddish was like, fuck, you're not going anywhere, Africa. mate. And he wanted in, to leave after the game. South Africa, they won the, I think they'd won the, the game. They were, it was the Sydney test, so it's the last test of the test series, season. Just wanted to have a few beers. It's, you know, early January in 2009. He had, a, he had somewhere to go. I think he was going out to party with his chick and that. He wanted to get out of there. And he was kept trying to get him to get Hussey to sing the song because Hussey sung the song. And uh, Cadditch grabbed him around the, around the shirt and said, sit the fuck down. We'll sing it when we sing it. That's fucking and so good. And he was good. sort of sooking. That so, is so fucking good. That's why Simon Cadditch once Clark got into captaincy, didn't get a call up. And never he was played like, a game. Never play- oh, I think he might have played a couple of games, but he was probably our best in-form opener in that era. Yeah. Um, well, my ball's up. So obviously that Teletau, Amon, Junior Amon, absolute shocker. Um, for, for those who haven't seen it, he, um, he's been stood down by the Dragons on a, the, the, the policy, um, no-fault policy, whatever it is, which carries a maximum jail term of over 11 years. So he attacked a tradesman on a roof, him and his old man, um, and has been stood down, I'm, I'm assuming, on full pay. Uh, until the court case, Condo. Anything from you, mate? Oh, I just, uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one on uh, Junior Amon. Like, what are you doing 
attacking a guy who's parked somewhere near your house that you that you're uh, you're not comfortable with, wouldn't you just ask him to move the car? But no, Junior and his dad attacked the guy with hammers. Oh, uh, what are they fucking? Doing? That I just don't think, well, like, I think that's illegal too. Attacking someone with a hammer, I'm pretty sure that's against the law. <laughs> well, clearly, yeah, and, and just and just have a look at the impact it now has on the Dragons. He's their starting five eight. He stood down. It'll probably take twelve months to go to court, so he probably won't play a game this year. Um, you know, they've trained all off season with him, and there you go, giddy yeah. up, mm. really good. Good recruiting. Very good. Good good to see that they're just checking out how his personality is. No, it's good. <laughs> good background checks. Final word? Final, final word for me. Um, I don't know. Final word for me would just be, uh, fuck, I, don't, I don't know, Sats. You go. I haven't thought. You've just what? absolutely rattled me with the kill one, <laughs> marry one, root one. Well. That is such a good one to do to people. Well, my <laughs> final word would just be to wish the two uh, Aussies, and I, I'm saying men's, and forgive me for uh, not knowing the women's side, but we've got um, Alex Diminor and Alexi Popperin still in. So they're in the third round. They won their round two matches, and they are in round three over the weekend. So good luck to those boys. And just on that final word, did you see the fucking um, the Kokonakis versus Andy, Andy Murray? Murray? Yeah. It went till like 4 a.m. 4 a.m., five hours and 45 minutes. Unbelievable. Yeah, and Andy Murray won. He's starting to get his form back. He had, he had to get his hip replaced. Um, yeah, incredible so game. There you go. All right, uh, my final word would be, uh, oh, fuck, just don't get a crazy question like that on it. <laughs> nah, happy birthday. My, my, last, my final word would be happy birthday to Rexy. Rex Wood turns four today. Rex, do you want to say something on the podcast? Yeah. Happy birthday. To Kingerly. <laughs> to Kingerly. Do you want to say? Chicken Duckhead. <laughs> Chicken Duckhead. That was from my son, Rex. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, mate. Yeah, Rexy. Kondo, your final word? Uh, my final word. Two things from Kondo. Uh, number one is, Satsy, I'm not sure I'm coming back. You're doing such a great job. When you're coming out with questions like that, I'm still speechless. Um, and second one is oh, not being at home and uh, – Catching up with the news of someone drowning at Lennox Head, um, please, everyone, stay safe. We've got, you know, Sammy Miller and Scotty Roberts and Sammy Stewart and all the people that run the surf club down there doing a great job over summer. And um, just be really careful when you, you know, when you uh, when you go down the beach. It's, uh, you know, there's lots of gutters along the front there, as Woody, you know, out the pr- front of your place. And um, everyone, stay safe. Yeah, well said. Love it, mate. All right, boys. Get out. Get in the warm. Get near a fireplace, Steve-O. Everyone out there, have a bloody good day. And See you, you later. have See you. a chicken fun day. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Rexy. Happy birthday. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>